is pro, and so we grow. Using procurement, program and control. I'm a businessman, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. I'm a businessman, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. I'm a businessman, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Good afternoon, everyone. This is the Business Zone with... Crystal and Coach Gilbert Buchanan, your small business paramedic. And today, folks, we're gonna have an amazing show. We have we have one special guest and one special uh, in the field correspondent that's gonna join us today. And uh, my wonderful co-host, Coach Crystal, how are you doing? Hey, everyone, I am good. Another week. We are sailing quickly to Christmas. <laughs> Oh my God, don't remind me. <laughs> we, we appear to be on a high speed train to uh <laughs> to, to December. Uh, we have election day on, on Tuesday. Next week, next, next Tuesday. Week, so we want everyone to go out and vote. It's so important. I put together my ballot last night and uh did all my research and feel quite confident in whom I'm voting for. And uh so I'm gonna drive it to um, uh, uh, Norwalk, I believe. <laughs> oh man, you got to go all the way over there. Well, that's cause I feel, I want to make sure it goes you, in. You want to make sure it's safe. <laughs> and nobody going to touch it. Not some, some long, see in Norwalk, they have, fe it's federal building. <laughs> you just can't go walk up tampering machines. <laughs> they can't start climbing buildings and, you know, jumping in and doing whatever they did on January 6th, right? <laughs> so I'm going to take a little ride on Sunday afternoon and before I start guarding and dropping and just drive it by, drop it in the box. Oh man! And come on back home, and feel confident that on Tuesday that my ballot is going to be counted appropriately. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. You know, it's amazing. We we're we're such a high technologically advanced nation, but yet when it comes to our ballots, it's like mediocre. You know, it cannot get that high uh, value technological approach that is that it deserves i don't understand what's going on with that well it could if you it could if we weren't sure that people would be tampering with uh, <laughs> from russia <laughs> or, or wherever russia, russia is stretching its long arm and meddling in our elections as right. usual it, we have too many people trying to destroy our democracy. So that's why, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm sure we could, but can we trust it, right? Can we trust <laughs> that it's going to go where it's going to go? So um, uh, I'm just going to, I mean, we have our uh, ballots. You can drop, there's boxes everywhere. We actually happen to be uh, quite blessed that we don't have all the shenanigans that are going on uh, across the country. You know, yeah, at least yeah. um, in the state of California or at least Los Angeles. I can't count for some of these little small spots, but yeah. uh, at least we don't know. There's not a lot of tampering going on. But in other states, you know, long yeah. lines and having to show proof and yeah. all of the craziness trying to take away your uh, ability uh, your your right is your right to vote to vote, that, and it is actually your voice. That is crazy, man. That so, is crazy. Very you know, important. You know, this is how I look at this. This issue can be resolved in its in a few seconds by those Supreme Court judges just making a declaration saying, "Hey, you you mess, you meddle, or you do any of that stuff, you're going to jail." You know, that's how they need to do. It. They need to make that kind of ruling, but nobody's say everybody's staying quiet. I think Carlos is trying to get in. He said the link does not work. Um oh. so he's trying to use the link doesn't work at all. So oh, okay. is there another can, way that can he can log you, in? Uh, yeah, let me, I'm going to say, I'm going to put this in the chat and then you can actually, uh, uh, yeah, then you can actually uh, send him the link. Okay. Uh, so in, I'm going to put it in the private chat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell him. Alrighty. There it is. So you can copy that and okay. send it over to him. Um, okay. Yeah, they could, except for, you know, remember that guy that was in office um, mm -hmm. about five years ago, you know, a couple years the, ago? The orange, the orange man? 
Yeah, remember him? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, Carlos is he, he's, he's visiting. Um, he's visiting in on the outside. Um, oh, so yes. remember, hey, Carlos, we're doing our little, uh, our little intro there, and then we're gonna bring you in so you can tell us what you're doing and that you that you're running again or as a candidate, and then we're gonna kick off our our show of balancing uh, business, love, and relationships. Um, yeah, I guess we could, Gilbert, if there had not been some tampering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and selective uh, placement of yeah. the Supreme Court. <laughs> It is crazy, man. It is so crazy. I don't understand why it's so difficult. They do it for everything else. So why can't they do it for that? You know? No, because you know why. Because you you know why. You, mm -hmm. you know why. So it's mm -hmm. a it's a battle. Um, yeah. yes, we are uh going on right now. And even um I noticed even on our ballot when I was filling it out and I, you know, I always do intensive uh, research. And so you're looking through some of them, you know, you, some of them I actually know because a lot of them I've had on the community briefing, um, but some you go, okay, he sounds good. And then you go in and you go, wait, they just 10 minutes ago changed from being a Republican to a Democrat. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> What's that about? So, you know, I had my criteria is what I was looking for and uh, what and then, you know, who endorsed them and so forth and so on. So this is the, the midterm elections is really important, especially in the black community. Uh, our, our numbers are always very low uh, during yeah. the mid mid midterms. And mm -hmm. we need to vote like we did when uh, Obama was uh, being elected and he was running. Uh, yeah. So that we can make sure, because this got some, we got some critical stuff going on. The, yeah, the, I think there are some propositions going on out there right now that's very confusing to a lot of people. Right. I think Proposition Twenty Nine is one where they're trying to close down those uh, dialysis centers, yes. right? And a lot mm -hmm. of people who are suffering with dialysis and and um, uh, what they call that transplant, kidney transplant kidney, issues, yeah, and all of that. Period. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, they're they're afraid that they may close those centers. So yeah, so that's I, important. You know, I don't get this though, Krista. Why would they want to make that a political issue to 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 jeopardize someone's health just to to get some motion on a ballot, and then you're going to close down these centers? Come on, well, what kind I of state are we living in? <laughs> <laughs> the, the same one that, that takes away women's freedoms to do what they want with their oh, body. <laughs> my Lord. Uh, I don't get it, man. Yeah, so that the same one. We we become very puritanical, I guess. And yeah. just think about it. Look how hard we've worked to move technology and and the, the world into this futuristic. Uh, type of platform like uh, Disneyland and, and Tomorrowland, right? We've worked hard to get here. Now all yeah. of a sudden they want to take you back to 1950. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And 19... I think there's another, I, I, I don't know if it's a proposition or not that's out there. Uh, they're trying to ban affirmative action all across the board. I know they banned it here in, in, in uh, California because they did that back in 1995, 96. So because of Proposition 209, you know, they were able, that was successful. They were able to eradicate that. But for the whole nation, so they're trying to ban affirmative action for college as admission. So people who are trying to go to school, and you know how they say, well, some people are well-to-do, they can go to the, you know, the elite universities, and the ones who are not well-to-do from the hood, like you and I, <laughs> we got to, we got to, they got to give us some kind of, you know, allowances so we can get in there in order to balance the scale. So now they're saying, uh-uh, we're not doing that anymore. If you can't measure up to be an elite, you can't come to these elite universities. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, an, it's an affirmative action that's before the Supreme Court. But guess mm -hmm. what? Uh, when that when that went happened, I, I posted something on my Facebook and, and the realities of uh the affirmative action so usc was one that was pushing that in in to eliminate it right that it was equal yeah. fair ground for everyone right mm -hmm. well now 
number of years later, they realized that, wait a minute, our the school population is a white and Asian. So what happened to the blacks and, and the Hispanics, right? They didn't get in. So they realized that their schools are not very diverse. Um, black is, is, it was white, Asian and international students. And so now they're like, oh, wait, that didn't quite work the way we thought it was supposed to work, right? And so, um, and the people that benefited most from affirmative action was not black people uh, it, or people of color. It was actually women, white women. That's who mm -hmm. actually benefited the most from affirmative action, so. But, but see, even with USC talking about, oh, it backfired, it didn't work. We thought we were going to have diversity. Now we don't really have diversity. So now I don't think they cared about that at all. I think they care about the federal dollars that they're losing because the federal <laughs> agencies are the ones who pump the dollars into diverse universities. And they see they weren't getting that anymore because only maybe a handful, maybe three uh, classification of, of ethnicities were attending their universities. They're, oh my God, our funding is being cut. We got to make it diverse again that's what it is it's all about the money you follow the money with these entities that's all they're about so i don't think they cared about diversity they care about their money just like with the community reinvestment act uh, i mean cdbg community mm -hmm. right the cdbg is funding that every city with a population over fifty thousand received from washington every year for, to, for beautification, to enhance communities and all of that. Have you ever heard about uh, LA doing any of that? No. Well, I, what does it do South, with that money? <laughs> I know in South Central, it ain't a whole lot of beautification. Exactly. <laughs> so, so what do they do with that money? You see what I'm saying? They yeah. just play the game just to get enough money to pump it into other programs. That's what they do, man. And a lot of these nonprofits around here, I'm telling you, I can't wait to get my millions co-hosts. Because when I get my, my my millions, I'm gonna put a lot of these nonprofits who are supposed to be community economic development focused, I'm gonna put them on blast. Because I'm gonna do a lot of what they're supposed to be doing. I'm gonna be right. doing that. And a lot of times they're, they're behind a rock and a hard space as well. And we're gonna bring Carlos on, especially since he's running for office. So he's probably has some inside stuff, or at least he, knows <laughs> he has a, a political pol a philosophy here. Um, some of it is is that the sponsors, since that's how you derive your money, they really take you through so many different loops and turns and what, and you really, and a lot of times you have to shift from what you really believe and why you are actually in and um, why you're even are supporting and, and existing as a nonprofit just to meet what their needs are. And yeah. so when you finish jumping in and doing your hoops and turns, mm -hmm. uh, you have very little money to focus on what you really want to focus on, right. but you have more money where you then have to uh, kind of jump to their tune and um, make sure you're selling for them right and doing less for you it, it's a broken system that's what um carlos says it's just broken all the way around and i don't know how we fix it but i do know we have to be much more progressive and um but you know we've become such a capitalist society do we really care about the people or do we care about the money and so yeah. i mean because look at the homeless situation in, in la we've been dealing with the homeless for a better part of 20 30 years mm -hmm. and um before in 2009 i remember my sister was part of the the uh, homeless count and they were like at 59,000 or 50,000 mm -hmm. i think that's what the number was on the street now mm -hmm. it's at 69,000 um and and a lot of that took place because the more the moratoriums were lifted during the pandemic uh mm -hmm. the cost of of housing i mean mm -hmm. lose your job and see if you can make if you can make a a, a part a rent payment of $2500 if right? anyone if anyone knows how to measure statistics and data they want to look at whenever the economy gets hard a lot of people lose their job they lose their houses then they become homeless so mm -hmm. that's all they got to do is just look at whenever the economy gets bad and people start losing jobs start looking at the homeless number 
and see how that's i think it's about 70 75,000 right now they're documenting it at 60 69 or whatever i think it's about 75 oh i'm I, sure it is and every year they didn't appoint this czar that czar tons of money's been thrown at the situation <laughs> except for our building we're gonna build all these houses but they gonna still cost you three thousand dollars a month to live in yeah and they want they want you as a homeowner to, to put an adu in your backyard and bring the homeless in, the, in your area what, what the, the hell heck? do i want to put uh put homeless people i won't even put some of my families in my backyard <laughs> What are they talking about? Putting and, and, people that we don't know in our backyards? Right. Why, but, why don't they use all these abandoned buildings that they have and facilitate that 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 transition? It's crazy, man. Right. And then but, you hear this argument, which really kind of turns my really irritates me, is that they say, Well, you know, a lot of them out there have mental illness. Well, you know what? If I had to live in the street, I am sure 10 minutes after that I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna be really gonna have a mental challenge. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the <laughs> sheer fact that I gotta live in the street <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have a mental problem so they use that as like oh they don't really want help they're meant you know you go let's let's take you out your hundred and seventy five thousand dollar job take you out of your beautiful home take you away from your car and dump you downtown on skid row let's see let's see how long you man manage to balance your mental state of mind <laughs> man i tell you man it, it's amazing I, we're gonna have to do like multiple shows on this man because they're we're, we're just touching the surface here real quickly so we have one of our listeners 69mega.com talking about dating the dating ai and 84 yeah, percent match so we got to so, check that out so i think they're looking at the title of our show today uh where we're talking about entrepreneurship uh love and relationship how those can coexist and how it will work so let's let's let in our our field correspondence mr carlos garcia yeah let him tell us what, what office us, he's running for yes. and, uh, and, and how we how he gonna go about solving some of our problems <laughs> this is this is your reporter out in the field man just jumping out of the skin <laughs> ladies and gentlemen this is our official field correspondence of mr carlos garcia from fyi technologies uh he is running for the city council right now unopposed in the city of pomona and because he did upland. such a great uh, upland. upland the city of upland now because he did such a great job the last uh, uh series this last session around they decided all the people that's all his opponent decided hey man i'm afraid of this guy this guy is too good i'm not gonna run against him so he's running on a pose this time folks so mr garcia welcome to the business zone, or sir. he did such a fantastic job that there was no need to bring anybody else exactly. in. <laughs> hey, Carlos. exactly or, or, or as my third one goes I, maybe people just don't care <laughs> I don't know. I'll take either one, right? But take either one. Either either one will work, right? <laughs> but I appreciate you both for having me on the show. Um, hey man, it's always a pleasure. Out. But you know what? I noticed your your beard and your hair is getting whiter, man. Did those few months in office uh, kind of did a number yeah. on you? What's going on? So <laughs> let me take. I actually, if you remember, we had this conversation. I came in halfway through the term, so yeah. I took over halfway through the term. I've served for two years. Yeah. And and you, you both know me already. And, and yeah. you know, some of the stuff that we've done over, over the time, uh, the people that we've helped in the groups and the schools that we've been involved with, yeah. um, you know, I ran specifically to make a difference. You know, right. you already know, I don't talk to talk. I'm going to roll up my sleeves, get my hands dirty and let's do it. You know, exactly. it's, easy to, it's easy to have an opinion when you're sitting behind a keyboard, but it's a lot yeah. different when you're called out. Let's go yeah. pick up some cash together. Let's go do some yeah. things in the community. Then all of a sudden everybody's busy. I got a I got a family uh situation I gotta take care of. My ice cream is melting, so I gotta go back yeah. to, 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 to answer your question, man, I've been um I'm I'm blessed to be running unopposed. The two years I spent I when I got into the in in office, I wanted to take those two years and make it into something that um raised the bar so high 
that even if you wanted to come in to, to, to run against me, and I welcome the competition. Yeah. But, you know, whether I lose or win, yeah. keep up the momentum. You can't yeah. you know, just slow down because you want it. And that's the same, you know, a lot of folks were asking me too. So are you just kicking back because you're unopposed? I said, absolutely not. Uh, I, said, uh, I don't want folks to think that I'm taking this for granted. Yeah. My momentum is going no matter what. It, yeah. I'm still running like if I had, because I ran against three other folks the last time as well. Yeah. Um, so it to me, it makes no difference. If you're willing to step up and give the time, then yeah. do it. Um, and as you know, it's there's a lot of issues locally that we have to address. You were talking about the homelessness and all of that stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I think what a lot of folks don't know, um, and it's reality because I also, um, I was involved in different programs like Crystal was uh, with the county office and, and some of this. You know, I, I did the homeless program, their, their technical training program for about two and a half years to the county office. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we actually, that's first when I met Crystal was actually in one of those development programs that we did yeah. uh, when she was teaching accounting and doing at, some of the at Mount, at Mount SAC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, through Mount SAC. Um, yeah. So through LA County, I was able to teach a lot of the homeless folks that wanted to get back on their feet. So this is the part you don't hear. Yeah. A lot of the folks that went through my program for the two and a half years, mm-hmm. we got them jobs. I went above and beyond teaching them. Okay, if I'm going to hire you, this is what I expect for me to learn and, yeah. and do it. Yeah. So the consistency and the fact that they would also tell me, hey, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just keep putting out my hand for a handout. I mm-hmm. want to earn. I want right. to move on on my own. But yeah. that's the part you don't hear. Because right. there's a lot of folks, unfortunately, that fall down on their luck. Mm-hmm. They want to get back up. And sometimes they don't have, they don't know what resources to go to. Right. Um, but I'm very proud of like here in Elkland, for example, we have, we have an awesome police department. We have a homeless coordinator. Mm-hmm. And our impact team is always out there dealing with the homeless. And I'm going to tell you, some want the help, and we document that, and we make it a big deal because they want to get off the streets. There's yeah. others; they're not just there as vagrants, man. They just really want to create chaos. And you mm-hmm. also have, let, let's be truthful, we also have the mental aspect of it too. A lot of these folks should be in a facility getting the mental care that they do need because right. they can't make decisions on their own. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we don't really have that. You know, so right. you, you have all these. These, these three aspects or elements a lot of cities are dealing with. Mm-hmm. In reality, dude, if we talk about LA, yeah. it's gotten so much out of control. As much money, you're going to tell me, and I'm going to say this flat out, yeah. as much money as these organizations have spent millions that are giving right. millions, millions to help the homeless, Right. why do we still have a problem? Exactly. Right? And it's growing. It's growing. It's growing. Yeah. I'm going to tell you also, you talked about CDBG. Right? Yeah. Yes. If you sit down in a CDBG meeting and you yeah. and you look at some of these these uh, nonprofits, for example, or they're dealing with homeless and all that stuff too. Yeah. Look at the numbers, how much they're asking, and what the questions should be asked. What percentage of that is overhead or as yeah. it, exactly administrative costs yeah. versus how much is Crystal or how much is 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 uh, Gilbert going to get the help for the help that they need? And more right. more than not, is probably going to be about maybe. Five to ten percent of that whole hundred percent pie, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and it's what really bugs me, man. That yeah. people really need the help, yeah. But it's it's become such, and and I'm sure I'm I'm gonna get um, a, a lot of hate stuff for yeah. this for saying this, but it's become a money making machine. Not it really is, it is, help. man. It yeah. is, it is. It, it's always been. See, they talk about welfare programs and they penalize us, uh, people of color for actually accessing those programs when we're down on our luck. But look at who is benefiting from these welfare programs. These government, I mean, the, the big companies, these big companies who are aligned with government, they're buddies with them. They go to the same country clubs. They're the ones who are benefiting from this. They don't look at it as welfare, but it is. They're getting all this free money for doing nothing. Nothing. And it, the, the sad reality is it should never even be about... Um... It should have never came. It should never come down to to somebody's skin color, race, um, you know, what they believe in, and all that. At the end of the day, we're all human beings, and the reality yeah, is, be kind. And if you can yeah. help someone, why would you want to wait for somebody to ask for help when you have the capability? Exactly. exactly. No, no agenda, no questions asked. But that's it, it's a very easy thing to do, but the hardest thing for a lot of people because at the end of the day, it's. Okay, if I'm doing this for you, what are you going to do for me? And, and unfortunately, that's what it's become for a lot of folks. I'm not saying I've, everybody, but for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. 
I think um, our next guest, when she comes on, she can speak a little bit about the, the, the mental health part of that, because that's what she does a lot of that kind of work, too. So, you know, she might be able to shine some light on people she's seen come into her office and, you know, how they've been impacted by community or, you know, the relationship, the household or whatever it is. But it's just unbelievable that we allow these governments to get away with all of this. You know what I mean? I become so disenchanted by this whole, you know, all this political running for office. And I don't like, I don't care for any of the two parties. I don't care for any of them because both of them come in office, none of them do anything. You know, it's the same. That's, that's <laughs> a perfect example, man, of what I'm going to tell you that in, in my, you know, we're broken down into four districts. So my, a, a big portion of my district is Democrat. You know, everybody yeah. that knows me, I've never denied the fact that I'm a Republican, but that doesn't yeah. mean, excuse my language, it doesn't mean crap. Yeah. Right? I don't care yeah. if you're a Democrat or not. The right. bottom the bottom line is, yeah, Gilbert for mayor, I will for that, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I get a response on there, too. Um, <laughs> that's that's how other feel that's how other field correspondents out there mr yeah, Greg. Right. but but the reality is man it's it's uh when i ran again it's it's the message man at the end of the day yeah. i don't yeah. care what your national views are i don't care what your emotions are it's what you want to do to make a difference locally Right, so whether right. you're Republican or Democrat, shouldn't we all be working together for the same exactly. common goal? Exactly. Exactly. It, it's a very simple concept. Yeah. But you got to remember too, man, that not only in politics but in in business as well, mm -hmm. people forget where they start and why they're doing what they're doing. Right. You know, at the right. end of the day, ask yourself why you and even in education, that's another big piece too. You have administrators yeah. that are making a ton of money, and yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you hear this, oh, it's all about the kids, kids, both. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, not. Mm -mm. it's about mm -mm. how much I'm going to make in my retirement. The less right. I do, the more money I can make. And mm -hmm. that's reality. And I will tell you through my career in education, right. I would say that I in, I have a handful of folks administering <laughs> that can actually save war really for kids, you know? But to my point is it it's very disappointing where we are because right. we've created this, this divisiveness among us, period. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And that was by design, Carlos. And just imagine, Carlos, based upon what you and I did at Mount Sam, you know, we had a we had like a a, a 90 90 percent uh, uh, um, employment success success, success rate story with yeah. the young people. Just imagine if that program was uh, with others like ourselves was there teaching individuals how to giving them a, a skill, right? It's like teaching yeah. them how to fish, not just giving them and hand out fish. Um, and I remember when 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 I first started, and one of the things that part of my my curriculum was that um, at that time it was like a hundred and fifty thousand bookkeeping and accounting positions open for hire. And it's yeah. always up there. Right now it's almost 200,000 jobs. Now imagine if all of the, the community college was teaching and, and, and helping extract people off of social services, giving them a skill, helping and job ethics and working and, and how to work in, 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 a, in a company. And look where everyone would be. Because by now they would be able to afford uh, whatever apartment that was out there because they actually had a tangible skill. But obviously after we did that for what, six years, I think it was six, six yeah. or seven cohorts, it was gone. Yeah. It was like it disappeared yeah. into thin air. And you're like, wait a minute, that was a working program. And it we're was, still trying to figure out what happened to that program because yeah. I know they're still getting that kind of funding. So where did they put it? <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't allocated to that part. No. I know that. <laughs> no. Well, I'm I'm gonna tell you in, in in talking about that too, a sad reality that a big proponent of that, um, and unfortunately we lost him, uh, was David McElwain. Um, mm. really somebody that was a very influential figure in trying to help people move forward and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I miss that gentleman because he, he really not only um, I consider him a, a mentor in some of the, the navigations that, you know, getting into Mount Sac, getting into yeah. LA County Office of Education. He, he was a very wise man um, and he really went out of his way to help people. Did, you know? did, think, did COVID claim him? Uh, no, I, I believe it was um, it was other health issues. They, they got to, they got him oh. on that. But um, unfortunately, 
that was a huge driving force behind that program too you know okay. that he was a huge advocate and i think that's um had he still been around i think that that program would still be full full force you know yeah and that's what we're looking at i think when we talk about a progressive and uh, an effective uh politician uh is you know bringing in those kind of programs that will solve the problems that we have you know we are yeah. all business coaches and educators and so forth and that's what we teach right if you're going to start yeah. a business start a business that's going to solve a make problem a difference yeah make a difference in the in, in in the marketplace in the community that you live in and and i yeah. guess that's what we don't see i mm -hmm. see money thrown at it but i don't see actual uh solutions and i you know we sit at some of the tables not all of the tables and then you get our city council you get la city council doing crazy stuff that had nothing to do with taking care of the people talking about <laughs> racial stuff and racial slurs and com and remarks and all Dude, of that i think we should open a cohort for just common sense like yeah the, yeah don't be stupid or get that label because you can get that certificate at the end of the day <laughs> I, I think so too our other field correspondents mr greg sneed said rum punch at the city council meeting will be ease the conflict <laughs> yeah i don't know that might not well, have been well, a good idea. right <laughs> that might not have been a good idea at that city council meeting <laughs> or maybe it may have i don't know <laughs> well we definitely want to wish you the best of luck and since you're the only one i'm sure so what are some of the things that you um you were able to accomplish you've been there two years now um two years and i ran on a platform on uh, the top three where basically um our public safety definitely um saving our parks making sure that it become more family friendly. And also this was during the time where COVID was also coming on. So for me, it was like, how do we maintain, how do I help those already in business stay in business? And how do I generate more revenue for our city with new businesses? So I've been able to, to kind of hit on all those three. And now, and that was in a two year span, which I hit every single one and then some. Now in a four year span, I want to be able just to continue it on those three uh, to expand it to even better and greater things as well too so well you know our network here is always ready willing and able to help you with any type of entrepreneurship services training Absolutely. development business readiness contract readiness loan readiness we can help you with those too because we have infrastructure that's already set up for that so yeah. all we got to do, man, is just know what those small businesses needs are and we, we can help them. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Even even our field correspondents here, Mr. Greg Sneed, he does financial literacy. You know, he provides that type of training and services for for, for small businesses. So that might be an, an addition to. So, so let me take off my council hat for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about business also. Uh, that's, that's also one of the things that I think we've all connected with in our own business and what we do is we yeah. do help a lot of businesses in that, in that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, um, again, I feel very blessed that my journey has came across both of you guys. We've done some yeah. great things together. We continue to do some yeah. great things together. And I, right. I just hope that, uh, as we get ready to close the year and open up the new one, that we just keep blowing up and blessing people where we can and, mm -hmm. uh, do what's best for for those those folks starting out or wanting their own piece of the pie you know what yeah I mean? yeah mm -hmm. definitely and the thing is many of these businesses they want to start a business they want to run their business they want to expand their business but they don't really have the knowledge and know-how they don't know where to go what to do and that's where you know we combining our resources together can assist can assist them and get them to that place so uh, just remember, man, you know, Crystal, myself, uh, uh, Greg Sneed is there. And, and even our guest that's coming up, Miss Yeshiva, she, uh, and you'll hear her speak about what she does too. She is phenomenal. As a matter of fact, I think she'll be a big asset to your area as well too. So once you get in that city council seat again, you know, <laughs> you can look at some some alternative ways of solving some of those small business problems. Now, how many city council members do you guys have? We've got a total of four and then one mayor. Oh, okay. So 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 that means if 
if the, there's a tie between city council members, who 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 break the tie? The mayor? You know, that's a very good question, man. I don't know. Because don't usually know. there should be an odd number. There should be about five or seven. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, well, that's why I think you have the mayor would, would probably be the deciding factor. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, yeah. but I would think that would be the, the deciding vote for sure. Right, right. Because yeah. let's say the mayor has an initiative, right? Right. Some of the, some of the city council members don't agree with it, but you're gonna have some agree. And let's say you have two that agree and two don't agree. Now there's a tie, there's a stalemate. So that's why there should be five at least five or seven city council members who can break the tie. You know. Well, the even though he's the mayor, it, technically he's still somewhat of a council member, so he's that deciding factor. And you're yeah. talking about that right now. We currently have a. A measure L, which is a one cent tax uh, increase. You know, we put it for vote to the people. One cent or one percent. One 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 cent, which is one percent of a you know of a dollar, right? For yeah. every dollar, it's a one cent um, tax. Yeah, I hate so, those. Say so, yeah. <laughs> I hate those, man. But you know what? And you're you're. <laughs> I can agree with you, but there's there's more to it than just that. And I understand. Yeah. It's, it's the word sometimes when you hear the word tax, you immediately shut down. It doesn't matter. But I'm going to tell you also that um, I always tell folks when when I make a council decision, it's not based on council. I'm a yeah. resident first. Yeah. So what's going to affect you as a resident, it's going to affect me and vice yeah. versa. Then mm -hmm. I can make a decision, especially if you're going to talk to me, because there's mm -hmm. folks that will get upset at you for making a choice. Yeah. Where are they? They'll never call you. They'll never pick up the phone. Yeah. And you're supposed to keep track of them um, on, on social media. You don't have time to police social media and, and answer questions. Right. So you have a phone number. That's why you have an email address. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying this is again, dude. I don't like taxes at all. Yeah. But when you look at when you look at it when you're inside of a city perspective and you realize that you're losing police officers to other other cities because they're paying a lot more. Yeah. Your department is almost like at the bottom of the barrel. Um, I think we're. Actually, not we're next to the bottom of the barrel because I think uh, we make forty-three cents more an hour. Our officers do than Rialto, I think it is, or whatever. Right. That's pretty damn bad, dude. You know, yeah, yeah. and when you're talking about one cent that could generate fifteen million dollars for cities, that you can improve the infrastructure, the streets, and more importantly, public safety. Yeah, that's a small. That's a small thing to ask residents to think about. You know, yeah, yeah. And the, the funny thing is, you have the guys leading this. It's a former councilman who, okay, he says he's got all these great ideas. Well, why did you lose your election? And why didn't you fix it when you were in office instead of kicking the can down the road? So now yeah. we're dealing with your mess. And then you, then you look at the fact that it, and it comes down to common sense. They're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on color ads and, and posters and different things against it. Mm -hmm. And it's like when you add all that up, it's one cent. And you've spent thousands on something <laughs> to oppose it. That really, it's it's in, at the end of the day, you're gonna go where you want to shop anywhere. But now, instead of me giving it to another city on that tax, why don't you want to help your own city so we can get the results and the things that we need? You know what that's, I mean? That's that's penny wise and pound foolish. Like like Greg <laughs> Greg says, common sense is not so common. And it's not. <laughs> that's so really common. that's really what, what's going on there, man. What's the population um, in Upland, uh, Carlos? I believe we're. I want to say either seventy six or seventy eight thousand, if I if if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay, so that's so, uh, so that's, you guys. That's a, you do need to have you know. Yeah, they need dollars. every penny. They need every. Yeah, penny. they need to make sure that. They, again, you know, it, 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 it it's you know the whole thing is it's it's not like I'm as a council we're not mandating you, you know, this tax on you. Yeah, it's your choice. You know, I all I can do is give you the facts. All I can tell you is this is why we need it. If there's no trust, then why'd you elect us in the first place? There's going to be citizens overlooking this in a committee. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's not that I'm advocating or, or selling it here on the show, but the reality is this happens in a lot of cities, you know? Yeah. And I get that when you don't trust your council, but when you, when you uh, like for me, and I'm only going to speak for me, I've been transparent from day one. So now if you're going to tell me because we're putting this on the ballot, you're going to tell me all of a sudden you don't trust me, then you need to get your ass out of your chair and get over here, take my seat, and then let's see how how the tables turn. Right, you know? right. So, uh, with with a population of seventy eight thousand, how much C CDBG fund do you guys get? The Community Development Block Grant. How much do you guys get every um, year? So that's how I started at committee. Uh, uh, 
doing CDBG. And I think we used to get, man, um, God, dude, I may be way off, but the last time I was part of that committee before I came to council, it might have been like in the six six hundred thousands, maybe or something like that. Oh, that's a um, nice size. It's a nice size. Don't yeah, me. Yeah. I may be way off, but yeah, so, I don't know why that number just just rings in my head. You know what I mean? When I was oh. in New York, when I was new in New York, I live upstate New York in a little town called Binghamton. Population was fifty thousand. So the mayor would try to keep it at fifty thousand or, or above every year. So she would go out and she'll, you know recruit people from new york city to come live upstate new york to keep the number you know at fifty thousand or more and the amount of money she would get would be about a hundred thousand dollars in our cbdg fund so for you guys getting 600 grand man that's that's de that's decent you know do you have a lot of small yeah, businesses maybe less too but i i don't know why i'm thinking of that number so yeah. Do you have a a, a a a pretty good percentage of of your residents that are business owners? Right. You know, I I would say there there's quite a, there's quite a bit. You know, mm -hmm. um, in my district, what I try to do it as a because obviously the the part of my company, my business, is do the social media marketing and all that stuff too. So what mm -hmm. I try to implement is utilize that tool to help my local businesses in my area. Uh, promote them online. Uh, again, mm -hmm. no strings attached. This is just, I try to do that spotlight for businesses where, you know, like we have a, a printer, a, a cartridge company here that man, people can get 30 to 40% off their cartridges for, for toners and all that stuff for, for, for everything. So why wouldn't you use that period? Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody right. just because, okay, they don't know about it. So it's, we've talked about this before. You don't want to be the best kept secret. You want people yeah. to know who you are. Yeah. So that's so what important. I try to do. Yeah, and that's what I try to do with my platform is utilize the tools that I already have to be able to help some of our business owners thrive and just kind of show them, hey, there's other ways for you to get, you know, some some uh, exposure out there as well too. Because some some of them are busy enough trying to stay afloat. You know, COVID did a number on a lot of these guys. Oh, yeah. Some of them are just barely starting to turn the corner, trying to get back. And you know, I, the last thing I want to see is is just in, just empty buildings, dude. It's just it's not it's not a good thing. You know? Yeah, our field correspondence here is giving us some on-the-point numbers here for the population of, of Upland. It says 79,274 people in the, yeah. that city. So so it was pretty close to that 78,000, so that's good. Thank you, Mr. Correspondent, field correspondent. <laughs> hey, Linda, how are you? And, and you know, Carlos, um, when I was voting, when I was going through my ballot and I was going to doing all my research, you were the type of the, the your philosophy, uh, your background, that's the kind of candidate I was looking for. I need a, a candidate that understands the small business community. I need a candidate that understands the people on a on a basic level, not yeah. not a grand level. Yeah, you can have political aspirations, but I think when you're going into politics and, and which is a place of service, then that's what you should be doing. I mean, if not, you want to make money, go make money in in the in in in, in corporate America. That's what that's yeah. there for. But if right. you're running for an office, you're you're taking on the responsibility to care for the people in your district and make sure that they're getting the best that they can get that that will take care of themselves and their family and, and to help elevate them from where they are um and where they were uh and to a better place and so i think they're all failing if they're not doing that now it's so important now, before we transition to our next guest, I want to make this point, uh, Carlos. So, you know, perhaps you can think about this while you're, you know, while they're uh, re-inaugurating you for your next term. So Crystal and I have done a lot of research, you know, and as you know, we've been in this industry for over 20 years, a long time. You know, I'm 30 and I don't want to call her Crystal's age, so everyone knows how young she is. But you know, we found out that small, most of these organizations, entities, CD, uh, um, uh, community redevelopment funds, or economic development agencies, or banks, they're trying to give loans to small businesses. Small businesses do not need any loans; they cannot afford loans. 
that's taken away from their cash flow. They prefer to have lines of credit. So they have access to funds. So if they need to hire someone, they can tap into that. If they need to buy materials or, or working capital, they can tap. They don't need loans. So um, the people we're talking to here, the banks, and, and all the, the economic development, they're not listening to us. So perhaps you can filter that through your community and to your banks to let them know. If you wanna try to help our small businesses, please, please make lines of credit available to them. You know, whether it's 50,000, you know, 40, 50, 60,000 to start, that would be a good help for these businesses and just let them pay it back. Yeah, you know that's that's a great point, man. Because right now, um, and we talk about we can talk about cybersecurity another time. But it's a lot of the emails that I'm getting is exactly that business loans. You right. can qualify right now for two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. You know, three hundred thousand. Yeah. Oh, hey, forget the last one. We were able to get you an additional. Now you're up to like three fifty or whatever. Exactly. And, and, and now I'm they're in debt. debt. Yeah. Yes. Now they're in debt. But <laughs> so, in fact, so yeah. far in debt that if we do go into a recession, they're going to be devastated. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, though, too, is is think about that. You know, most most people, if you're struggling and you're barely keeping your head above water, when they yeah. see that there's that lifeline, yeah, sometimes that moment of desperation is, is what gonna what is gonna cost your business. You know, right, right. And this is why it's important that you. Folks, if you're listening, if you're following me on social media, that you listen to these folks because Crystal and Gilbert, um, they've been around. They know they've seen the, the good, the bad and the ugly when it comes to some of this stuff. They've yeah. seen businesses thrive. They've seen businesses fails. And at the end of the day, would you agree with me? It's always it's those moments of desperation when people don't have where to turn to or who to turn to that right. they end up making that crucial mistake that just ends up haunting them forever. You know? Right. And, and we can just throw this in real quickly. The pandemic that we saw back in 2020 is a big example of that because many of these small businesses, they didn't have anywhere to turn, any alternatives. And the, the governor told us we can't go out and, 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 and actively solicit business. So we have to stay home. So in order for these businesses to operate, they have to get some funding. And where, what kind of funding was available? Loans. They give us these, these crazy PPP loans and, and, and there's, uh, uh, what's the other one? Idle loan and all of that. Small business, don't, they don't need loans. They don't need loans, you know, because many of them can't pay back right now. Many of them are bankrupt. Many of them are, 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 are out of business because of those bogus loans. And you know who benefited from all of that, those loans and all of that? The banks. The banks made billions of dollars on those loans to small businesses. You see what I'm saying? So 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 the president from the president to governors to 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 to, to mayors, you know, city council members, you know, we just want them to recognize that that strategy and that approach is not helping small business it's killing small businesses so make lines of credits available or some grants available for small business if you want to help them and and we'll see a difference and edu educate them also when you make lines of credit and grants available, educate them on the proper usage of those 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 uh, resources exactly well that's where the financial literacy comes in and yeah just hand them a loan which is kind of where they are and the other people that made big money on that was the very wealthy companies that were able to get the ppp and right. were given total completely 100 forgiveness and so that was just free money for them and they are doing extremely well right now and on top of the fact they didn't have to pay taxes because of uh the former president's tax reform uh, <laughs> law so i mean they made out like bandits and of course the the people again got shot in the foot and uh and there you have it so uh but i do want everybody to know go out and vote because it's so very important your yeah. voice is your vote and it does count <laughs> if you don't vote then we have a problem and, so, and actually if i can say if you don't vote don't complain because you had every chance to also make a difference. Right. Exactly. Exactly. My, my field correspondent saying, watch out, Gilbert. They're coming after you. <laughs> make it, make it. Well, Carlos, it's been awesome. And of course, don't leave, us, don't leave us, Carlos. Stay, stay us, on because we'd like your input also. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick around. I've got to go pick up my kiddo, but I'll be right back. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All righty. So we are ready. We are going to bring our um, our guest on, and we're going to be talking this, about, as we said. This um, is a great transition into our new, into our other is. guests. <laughs> right. Because along with all of this political stuff, now we're going to talk about balancing life and love and business. <laughs> a, a little happier conversation <laughs> well well those loans that those small businesses got really affected their relationship at home too <laughs> <laughs> right and so talk to our guest and let me pull up while i'm getting her and then we're going to bring her in and i'm going to make her the center of the attraction all right there we go so uh, uh, Yeshiva Davis, she is uh, a licensed marriage and family therapist uh, with a BA in communication and a minor in both psychology and English from uh, Far uh, Framington, uh, Fra Framingham State University. She helps people address depression, anxiety, anger, childhood traumas, state stage of life issues, family and couple relationship problems. So as you guys know, this is what our topic is for the next couple of uh, next for the next couple of months to the end of the year on how do we balance uh, relationships, our, our, our entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, our business is it's like a joke and i don't i assume she's not gonna have all of the answers but we should be able to have a fantastic conversation on what we supposed to be doing so <laughs> 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 welcome you see that we are so happy to have you thank you thank you i am happy to be here and happy to dive into this topic uh, because it's a really important one and i was listening to your conversation with carlos and the thing that came to mind to me is homelessness is, homelessness is the symptom, right? Mm. The, the problem is high rent rates, mm. low wages mm -hmm. and low inventory. Mm -hmm. So I think people spend money on the symptom instead of putting the money towards the problem. And that's why the homelessness rate is increasing year over year. That's just my two cents. Yeah, <laughs> which is sense. true. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, one plus one equal two in that case. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and even that, when we talk about healthy relationships, all of that stress of trying to live today is so difficult. And mm -hmm. a lot of us as entrepreneurs, the reason we are entrepreneurs is because we had, it gives us more control of how yeah. we can make our money, right? We're mm -hmm. not limited to a 3% increase. It's, it's based upon how how we work, but that means we got to work a lot. <laughs> that means we have to work a 3% increase um, when inflation is 4% a year. So that we're behind the eight ball. Still behind. <laughs> Still not working behind. for ourselves. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, I understand personally how difficult it is to balance business, love, and relationships. And I think that you know, part of the issue is the things that make an entrepreneur successful or the things that drive the kind of person who wants to be an entrepreneur are also the things that can get in the way and make you difficult to be in a relationship with. Right. Yeah, so yeah. for me and I think for other entrepreneurs, too, I can get singularly focused. I don't hear anything. I don't see anything. I can spend, you know, six hours. I haven't eaten. I do drink my water, though. I haven't <laughs> eaten. And, you know, the next thing I know, I'm missing calls from my mom. I'm missing calls from my boyfriend. I'm missing calls from my niece. Yeah. And they don't like that. People don't right. like to be ignored. They like to feel like they're important to you. And right. when you ignore them, then it kicks up problems in the relationship. Right. So, now, now, as a, as a, as a therapist, mm -hmm. Yeshiva, I'm sure you've had people walk into your office who turn out to be entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and they're going through certain types of issues and challenges. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what are some of the what are some of the most common and you don't have to name names or anything, you know, yeah. Yeah. this is all confidential and all of that. So so what are some of the challenges that they name as being uh, uh, something that's getting in the way of them? having a relation, a good relationship at home and then having that relationship with their business? Well, I think one of the major things is 
time mm -hmm. and the partner not feeling as if they're getting enough and mm -hmm. the relationship then stalls right. because in order for it to grow, you need to spend time, you need to talk, you need to create what's called love maps. And a mm -hmm. lot of that is not happening right. if the entrepreneur is working 15 hours a week and then goes home and then works a couple more hours. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the biggest issues. And what I like to tell folks who come into the office is we plan and make strategies for everything else like we have our business plan mm -hmm. we have our forecast we have our communications and marketing plan sales and all of that so we mm -hmm. do it for business it's really important to do the same kind of thing for your relationship so you need to have a plan for it you need to communicate with your partner and say hey here's where we're going to do our date nights here's where i'm going to be i'm working on a project and so i'm going to be gone for a week i'm going dark for a week but the following week then you and i can spend a tuesday and wednesday together to kind of reconnect and make sure that our relationship is also a priority because for entrepreneurs a lot of times the business can become the only priority and that is no bueno for your relationship and your partner they are not going to be cool with that so that means communication and effective community not just communication but effective communication mm -hmm. is a key component of that as well right mm -hmm. effective communication meaning as some as someone in a relationship being open to hearing what the other person has to say mm -hmm. and listening to respond as opposed to listening to react right so when we're community when we're, we're talking to people and we're having something a heated conversation all mm. we're thinking about is what we're going to say next yeah yeah you're not even focused on hearing what the other person said right no you just want to you want to one-up the other person and you're trying to win the yeah argument when the reality is if you're at each other's throats, no one's winning. Right. So the win is I heard you, you heard me, we understand each other. Now let's come up with a plan so that this kind of thing doesn't happen again in the future. I'm not trying to pit uh, the two groups against each other, but uh -huh. who do you find when in, in therapy, who do you find uh, listen more to respond versus listen to, 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 to react? Better women <laughs> who listens to respond. You know what? It's really more about the person's history and how they grew up and what their models were right. versus men versus men over women. Right. right? So if yeah. you grew up in a place with a lot of yelling or people weren't listening to each other, then listening for what? Like, I'm just trying to get my point across. That's not right. what we do when we're communicating. Right. You know, you know, based based on my uh, involvement with these types of folks, what uh -huh. I re what I realize is I realize that women do that more than men. They mm. listen. They listen to to react and respond mm -hmm. instead of listening to understand mm -hmm. and then trying to uh, work things out. They just want well. I feel this. This is what I feel. I feel like this. And there that's all that's all you're hearing instead of dealing with the issue itself. Mm -hmm. So and that's just my uh, my unofficial uh, <laughs> that's, that's your, your personal experience. Yes, right? yes, yeah. yes. So yes. I just wanted to know as a therapist how you saw it. So but, but, go ahead, Crystal. I'm sorry. But I would also think that could be a trigger, right? I mean, certain certain well, first of all, we're a product of all of our experiences. Yes. So yeah. if we've never had one, as you said, if we've never had a role model on how to uh effectively listen but at the same time we've been in relationships that we've been over um talked over and our feelings and our our uh emotions have been overlooked mm -hmm. then if we don't get that solved we don't go to a you right yeah. and then have you helped me determine that wait this is from a past relationship this is not from yeah. this relationship then mm -hmm. i'm never gonna fix that right so when we get mm -hmm. into an argument 
my thing is, oh, that's that dude last time. That last dude did that to me. <laughs> Emotional damage. Yeah. The last dude, the last dude did it, or you're kicking up some old feelings because your dad walked out on you and you have issues with abandonment and you don't know that. <laughs> and it shows up as you know, anger or frustration or sadness, you know? Yeah, yeah. Rhonda, yeah. Rhonda said unofficial Gilbert. Right. <laughs> but I like what, what Greg says is that if you uh, learn how to function in a working relationship at a younger age. So, and mm -hmm. I don't know if we're taught that as teenagers, right? Like when we first get into dating at 15 or 16 years old, our parents are talking to us about safety. And right. if you're a girl, you got one conversation. If you're a boy, you have another yeah, conversation. Yeah, but yeah. Do, are there any way, how do you prepare a young person to date healthy so that when it comes to the future, they don't carry all of this baggage along with them? Right. I think the preparation starts before dating age. I think the preparation starts when you're three and four and you start becoming verbal, mm. right? And your parents are teaching you, this is how you express yourself. Oh, look, you, you're you're acting out, you're having this tantrum. Well, that's not what we do. Let's talk about how you're feeling. Let's, let me show you something else that you can do besides screaming and crying to calm yourself down because that's really the point of it a lot of times. I'm mm -hmm. four, I don't know how to soothe myself, and this is the only way. So as adults, mm -hmm. if we start teaching kids that early and they start, they're using it throughout their lives, then by the time they get 16 and they're ready to date, they've already got those skills under their belt. You know, right. I've always believed that people in relationship, whether they're married or not married, mm -hmm. should always see a counselor or a therapist. You see <laughs> what I'm like, saying? Hey, Be hey. Because, <laughs> because this really helps people to better understand several things. Why why they think a certain way, why they behave a certain way, when they listen to you, what they're hearing instead of what you're saying. Because some people hear some stuff you're not even saying, and you mm -hmm. go, How did you get that out of what I just said? You know, mm -hmm. so that's another thing. Now, Greg had a question. That's what I'm talking about. Just, just, just remember, just remember, I had a little background in counseling in, in grad school. So now Greg had a question, which I think is very interesting. He said, which is tougher to replace, the business or the spouse? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> That's a good one, right? <laughs> it depends on how well your business is doing and how well you get along with your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the thing. I know as as <laughs> I know as as an entrepreneur, and I've been you know I've been in in business for over thirty years, and you know I have a relationship here and there. Uh, never been married, mainly because my focus is always on my business, and then I always have multiple businesses so i'm not just doing one thing um so when i meet a guy and when i first started my business um everyone that i knew was working a nine to five job right mm -hmm. so an entrepreneur is a whole different animal you don't understand they weren't understanding nothing about <laughs> me my late night work hours my uh focused on building my business the networking that you have that they weren't for none of that. They're like, why can't you just stop working at five o'clock? What, what's right. the problem here? <laughs> why are you working on Saturday? Why are you working? Yeah, Saturday? exactly. Exactly. I had that question asked to me one time where I was going to this event. It's like a, an, it's an outreach event on a Sunday. Mm. And and my partner at the time, she said, why are you going on a Sunday? Nobody does networking on a Sunday. I know you're going somewhere else. I'm going, where else am I going? Do you want to come with me? Said, no, I don't want to come. I just know you're going somewhere bad. I'm going, oh, my Lord. And those are things that entrepreneurs have to deal with sometimes. Now, think about this. That entrepreneur, you know, could be me or somebody else at that time, hearing that kind of thing. On their mind, they might be thinking, you know what? I have my 10 employees that I got to make sure I make payroll for this coming Friday. And I got to go do some things, try to leverage some funds so that they can get it. And this person is yelling at me here about, you know, what I need to do. 
you know, that's one of the times when the entrepreneur will probably choose the business over the spot over the partner. You see what I'm saying? Because not paying your employees is a state violation. That's a criminal act. You can go to prison for not paying your employees. You see what I mean? So I don't know, man. <laughs> it's, I, think, it's, I, think in, I think in these relationships, like when you're in a relationship with an entrepreneur, what's so very important is to almost over communicate and yeah. also to be very mindful that mm -hmm. dating an entrepreneur is, or being married to an entrepreneur is very difficult. Yeah, people do want to spend time with you, and you and it's important to to empathize, right? And to hear people out, even if you don't necessarily agree, right? Because you know, a working. 12, 14 hour days when you're in a relationship with someone is super hard. I think right. if you have the opportunity, mm -hmm. it's nice to choose someone who understands an entrepreneur's life. Right. So you're that getting, when you get into a relationship, they get it. You're getting yeah. some love. You're getting some love here in the chat. Uh, we got um, Candice from all that and more say, hey, Yeshiva, hey, how you doing? Hey, Candace. <laughs> and then we got Linda Sam saying, hey, how you guys doing? You know, Video Connect is perfect for therapy. Yeah. So now, now, Linda uh, Linda made a couple of statements. She said she feels that a therapist should be a necessary part of your budget, your family yep. budget. Especially oh, for sure. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And Linda has a program. She does a, a podcast as well, where it's all about married couples. She she mm -hmm. recently married a couple of years ago. And um, so that she uh, realized that marriage is tough <laughs> and she's an entrepreneur. And I believe her husband's an entrepreneur and Candace, she's an entrepreneur and, yeah. and her, but her husband works with her. And, um, and that's some of what I have found is when I've had a mate that was in somewhat the same feel or we did some work together you mm -hmm. know for a while that was good we had a common ground we had a common conversation that we could have but of course when it broke up there's a whole different ball game but, <laughs> <laughs> but i will say this and this is something that i you know as i've been in business for a long time and, and yeshiva your input is great uh, great for this is um being having a balanced home life where if I'm working all of it, someone just said, baby, you need to stop. We need to, you know, we, let's go on a vacation. Mm -hmm. That's important to our, our, our self-care and our health, right? It's critical. It's critical. That's why I think couples in general, but particularly couples who have an entrepreneur as one member, need to have like a couple's business plan. Mm -hmm. When are your vacations scheduled? That's a good when point right there. Down and talk like because so much time can go by, things can happen, problems can show up and you don't talk about it. It festers, it stews. You're not talking to somebody for 3 days and yeah. people are giving the cold shoulder. Yeah. If you, if you I went I went through all of those things you're you're talking about, <laughs> All of those. You know, I've been in my house for for like 3 weeks passing the my partner back and forth. We're not saying hi to nobody. It's like Come on, it's like we're strangers in this house. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, and and like emotionally, that's yeah. really taxing. Spiritually, yeah. that's taxing. It's also taxing to the relationship and to the business because it prevents you from being grounded and balanced, which is where you do your best work. Right, so, right. You know, back to this plan. It's like when we have a fight, how are we going to handle it? What are we going to exactly. do? Exactly. I love that. I love that. See, and these are things if we both, you know, both parties go to a therapist or a counselor, we can 